This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Let's take a second to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is by far the absolute easiest way to make a podcast. And when I say easy, I mean easy. First of all, it's completely free and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. Best of all, with Anchor, you can add any songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. So the possibilities are endless on what you can create. Whether you want to create a music analysis, your own radio show, a deep dive on your favorite genre or artist, or something that the world's never heard before. Anchor will even help publish your show to Spotify so you can reach hundreds of millions of listeners. Oh, did I mention there's no copyright on the songs? Yeah, it's that easy. If you guys want to start a podcast that includes music, or you guys just want to start a podcast in general, get started by downloading the free Anchor app or going to anchor.fm. And if you need some inspiration, you can head over to blog.anchor.fm slash music from some more idea starters. Thank you so much, and let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. In today's episode, I am interviewing my co-founders, actually. So if you guys are not following along on YouTube or Instagram, you might be confused. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory. I recently decided that I really wanted to start a social media management planning tool, and this was out of a need that I had along with a lot of my other influencer friends slash colleagues, I guess you could say, and then also a lot of brands and just people that I was working with with my social media agency. They were We were all having this pain point, so it was me, but also tons and tons and tons of others along with my Patreon. I mean, people that would DM me. I just, I noticed that there wasn't a tool that really planned out your social media efficiently and shout out to Hani. She was in charge of social media for her company and she was like, this tool that I'm using just is not right. And she's like, we've tried so many tools. None of them are exactly what we need. And so I took the influencer approach and I came up with the idea to create a social media management tool for influencers. So that is how the idea came about. And if you guys don't know, I did major in engineering in school, but I didn't learn how to code. I didn't learn how to develop an app. So I was very clueless in the actual execution process, which is what brought me to my co-founders. So we'll talk about that in this podcast. We are all co-founders of an app called Rella, which is going to be a social media management tool. And I decided to interview them because they actually have their own company. They have a company called Collab that they started while they were in school. They're a few years younger than me, so they just graduated this past year. Um, But they started this company where they develop apps and software websites uh, for other people. I wanted to introduce them to you guys. I wanted to hear their story. I wanted you guys to get to know them a little bit better. And I think it's a really exciting episode. It's really fun hearing our banter. I think it's really fun hearing more about them and, you know, what they 
how they came up with their own company and then how we're creating Rella together. So I'm super excited to introduce them to you. They are not social media influencers by any means, but they've been learning so much about social media and I'm kind of throwing them in the deep end with it because I do have another announcement. We are starting a podcast together. So don't worry, this podcast is going to still go up every single week. I will not miss a week. I love this podcast more than honestly so much so many things that I do so this podcast will still be weekly and this podcast is very you know conversational I want you to feel like you're in the room with us I want to hear people's life stories I want to hear life lessons I want to have it be a very inspiring and motivating podcast but the Rella podcast is actually going to be a deep dive into social media so it's going to be a completely different show it still will be interview style but we are only going to be interviewing people that work in social media so whether it's a social media marketing manager social media influencer um someone that works as the director of marketing those types of people and we're just going to be asking them about the power of social media tips to grow on social how to use social for your business how to work with influencers it's going to be a lot more technical um it's going to be similar to my patreon community which i am now making free so instead of patreon i'm going to be uh making just a free community for rella kind of combining rella and the patreon and i feel like i need to do a whole updated life update podcast which i might do let me know if you guys want to hear that because I feel like I do those on YouTube, but for the people that listen to my podcast and don't watch my YouTube videos. So if you guys are interested in uh, social media, if you're interested in knowing more about the industry, about learning how to grow, about learning how to use the power of social media effectively, then be sure to listen to our very first episode of the Rella podcast. And I think it's funny how this is called the Real Real and then my other podcast is called the Rella podcast. They all have like the same exact letters in it not on purpose guys but just so happened to work out that way so the rella podcast is going to be hosted by me and then one of my co-founders and each week we're going to be um you know rotating the co-founder that hosts it with me that way all of them can participate and it's not four people interviewing one person but also it's going to be really interesting and a different outlook because i've been in the social media space for 10 years now they have not i think the last time connor posted on instagram might have been a year and a half ago so you know like he's not he's not an influencer because they're going to have the perspective of like okay explain this to me like I don't know that much about the power of social and then I'm gonna be the one that you know knows about the power of it I I've been in the industry so it's gonna be a really cool I think dynamic of hosting and we've already recorded one episode it's actually live so if you guys want to listen to it please be sure to listen to it after this one and subscribe so you get notified whenever there's a new podcast about if you guys want to hear more about Rella and about the app that we're creating then I will have the website in the show notes and a huge huge favor that I have to ask of you guys is if you guys are influencers or if you guys own a brand that is on social media which should be every single brand if you guys don't mind filling out our survey and signing up for the beta version if you're interested in signing up for Rella once it launches. So I know that's a lot to take in. I feel like I've just explained so much in such a short amount of time, but I hope that you guys all get it. And of course, I'm going to be updating you on my Instagram, on my YouTube, so it'd be a good place to check out if you haven't already. Um, but this episode is not all about Rella. You know, it's it's going to be, it's a fun episode. It's like 
we're joking around i'm asking them questions it's really really fun and it's their first podcast that they've ever been on so if you want to hear about how three guys started a company together right out of college pretty much in college actually and hear about our experiences and our perspectives and i i I just think it's gonna be a really cool episode and i'm so excited for you to listen but Again, if you guys did enjoy this episode, like I'd say every single week, please be sure to give it five stars. You guys can also subscribe um, if you guys haven't already. Share it on your Instagram stories that you're listening because I love seeing those and reposting those. And I am so excited to get into this episode. I know I've said that a lot, but be sure once you're done listening to this to go and check out the first episode of the Rella podcast. And let's get into the episode. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Eras tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 400 50 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com, promo code RealReal. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N. In the Google 
Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Guys, thanks for coming on my podcast for the second time now. <laughs> Happy to be Thank here. You. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, we've had some te- technical difficulties, but we're back. We're recording on Zoom. It should be good. Um, but I'm excited to have you on. And we're going to start with setting the record straight. So again, this is some stereotypes, some assumptions. You'll tell me true or false. And first one is you need to have experience before starting your own company. Yeah. Big, big negative on that. I think, you know, if we've learned anything, it's that most people don't know what in the world they're doing until they know what they're doing. That makes any sense. A lot of it's just trial and error, you know, throwing whatever at the whatever and and seeing what sticks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I mean, this is the first time we've ever done anything like this. I know we've had a a little bit of uh, internship here and there, but um, doing some, and building something on your own, very new and have no idea where to go and, or had no idea where to go or where to start, but really asking for help and finding those people who have done it before you is, is where we, we knew that we had to start. Yeah. It's, it's not about experience. It's just like your willingness to go continually learn and talk to people that, that kind of know what they're doing. Uh, but yeah, like Connor said, I feel like nobody knows exactly what they're doing. Everybody's kind of in the, in the same boat. Um, but I mean, Raleigh's awesome. Everybody's been so, so helpful. We've got a great group of mentors who have just kind of pushed us in the right direction and helped us kind of get off the, get off the ground. Um, so yeah, like Nick said, just asking, just asking for help and your willingness to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think you need like actual corporate experience necessarily, but I do think that though your drive and your motivation is more important than anything else. Like experience doesn't hurt but it's not a prerequisite. I don't think. Yeah, definitely. The next one is your major is super important in college. Yeah. Again, I'm going to go on the the far side of this argument and say, absolutely not in terms of what I think a major stands for in terms of, you know, the four-year education, reading the books, taking the test, stuff like that. I think what we or me personally, I can't speak for everybody, took away most from from college was, I know Natalie, you mentioned this earlier, kind of the intangibles, the the soft skills rather, uh, you know, working hard, managing your time, discipline, you know, where to how to work through complex problems, whether they be, you know, complex engineering problems or just, you know, complex life problems, I think is the uh, most valuable thing I walked away with. Yeah, yeah. so I'm going to have to half agree with that. Um <laughs> Being on the other side uh, or being on that other half of the half is me and Jay, we had a little bit of computer engineering background. So in terms of what we're doing now, that did really lay the foundation of uh, understanding of coding and what to do there. Um, So technically, I do think it helps in some ways, but the majority of the time, the soft skills that you learn far uh, exceed what you actually learn technically in in terms of like, yeah, solving long differential equations or knowing how to draw a circuit on a piece of paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'll, I'll piggyback off of Connor. Uh, super far side of most definitely not. 
Um, I mean, they say you remember like 10% of what you actually learned in college, but it's kind of the experiences, the people that you meet, that is, that's like the whole thing. Um, I don't think any of us would have been where we, where we were if we didn't kind of end up in, you know, the same major at the same school. Um, NC State has great kind of access and resources to entrepreneurship. And that was kind of our first little experience in that whole realm, that entire world. Um, so I, w- I would say that contributed definitely to, to what we're doing now. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think it's really as important as people make it out to be. Of course, if you're, you know, going to grad school or going to like medical school or becoming a lawyer or something like that, like, yeah, it matters what you're doing. But for us, especially building a business, I don't think it matters. Like I've listened to so many podcasts, so many different entrepreneurs that some didn't go to college, some dropped out, some did, but they majored in something that has nothing to do with what they're doing. You know, it's just, it's, I feel like it's just, you learn more soft skills than anything and like life experience and whether college teaches you that or not, or just the age that we are like 18 to 22, I feel like you grow a lot as a person. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think people that people shouldn't stress out about their major as much as they do when you're 18 and you're deciding where to go to school. Yeah. I mean, anybody who says they haven't figured out before they're 25 is lying. Even at 25, they're lying. I'm about to turn 25 this week and I feel so old. I'm like, <laughs> I am like, you you are for you. oh, you're ancient. <laughs> we'll throw your retirement party. Yeah, seriously. I feel like I'm like, oh my God, I'm almost 30 now. Like, it's wild. <laughs> this still got a long way to live. But. This is the end of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and then the next one is you need to have connections to start a startup. See, I'll go on the other far side of this and say absolutely yes. Uh, you, if you don't know people, you could have the greatest idea in the world, but if it's the greatest idea in the world and you're in your basement, you don't tell anybody about it. It most likely will go nowhere. Um, and uh, John Angel Nick can definitely touch on that, but the only reason we've been able to do anything has been, you know, the generosity of, of those around us. And as I said earlier, you know, Raleigh is, is an incredible area where I think the selflessness we've encountered has been unbelievable, really. I mean, sometimes I'll stop and honestly just ask people, like, why on earth are you helping us? Why are you being so kind? Because, I mean, they don't have to be. People mm-hmm. go out of their way to to help us, whether it be, you know, just giving advice, grabbing a cup of coffee, something like that. And, you know, it's it's definitely taught us a lot of of the generosity of people that are out there and really made us want to give that back to other people, you know, in our position as we as we progress. Yeah. yeah and to talk on that last part that you were saying, Connor, was where is you kind of hear in the corporate world, it's a dog eat dog world, you know, but we've not experienced that at all in Raleigh. And it's really been uh, a huge help to us and, and to where we're at right now to have the mentors that we do and the connections. And I personally am not the best at connections or networking and things like that, but surrounding <laughs> myself with Connor and Jay, who are both fantastic at it. I mean, obviously I have a lot to learn from them, but, um, and realizing that, that weak point in myself, I would not be able to do a startup on my own without these two here. So yeah, it's at like at any point that you can like help somebody out or benefit somebody in like the same way that we've been helped so much getting off the ground. It's like the greatest feeling in the world is what I would like contribute that to. Um, but yeah, you for you for sure have to have like a strong willingness to go out, ask for help, you know, realize that you don't understand how to do everything and nobody does. 
Um, but calling on people and, you know, ask for advice, asking to learn. And that's kind of, that's kind of where, where it all comes from. So you gotta be, you gotta be willing to really put yourself out there. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. Cause like I actually initially would have said, no, you don't need to have connections, but I guess I was thinking about it in the sense of you don't need to be born with connections. You know, you don't need to have them like oh. in your circle, but I like what you guys said with like, you do need to network and you do need, you do need to build connections. So I think you don't need to have them initially, but you have to make them or else it's not going to go anywhere. Like eventually yeah. you will need to have connections. So I think that's interesting how um, you guys said that like so many people have helped you and it's not necessarily people like that you knew prior. It's also just you emailing, you reaching out, you going into a co-working space and like talking to someone. So all of those count as connections and they're all, they all count as networking. So I do think one huge, huge, huge part of starting any sort of business um, is to meet people. And like, I am someone that naturally I'm an introvert. So I'm not like, that's not my first instinct is to like go out and meet people, but I've been trying really hard to like go out and meet people or like email or network. Yeah. Um, I feel like Nick and I are similar in that where we like, we're not oh, yeah. necessarily comfortable in it, but like, we know we need to do it. So it's one of those things where eventually you do need to have connections. And like you guys said, like, it's not a doggy dog world. Like everyone I've talked to has been so, so, so nice. And you know what, in your case, it's almost more impressive because, and you know, maybe Nick as well, I don't want to compliment Nick too much, but you know, the <laughs> I, Jay and myself, I would say are more comfortable going out there, you know, just saying, going out, shaking hands, introducing, just, I have no idea who this person is. Let's say hi, but you know, we're, we're more comfortable with that. Those like Natalie says yourself and, you know, maybe Nick, uh, it, the B it is having a beat so much harder for you, but still being able to get past that, put yourself out there, um, is, you know, extremely valuable. And I think it makes it that much better when it follows through on y'all's end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And now I guess just introduce yourselves and what your role is in Rella and also just what, I guess, who you guys are, give a little bio about you for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, you want to kick us off, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So my name is uh, JA, uh, which is John, short for John Ainge. Uh, everybody always That's thinks right. I'm, I'm introducing my myself with my first name and last name. So about halfway through college, I just started saying JA. Um, <laughs> but I am the president of Rella. Um, a little background on myself. I, uh, I think I got into the world of app development when I was pretty young. I was always interested in entrepreneurship and making some money. Um, I, I threw out a couple little apps in the app store and I got super lucky. I was on the top 10 of the free section of the app store for all of like a day um, for an absolutely the, the lamest thing I've ever made. It was like, a, you know, the, you know, the sound that the TV makes when someone curses and you're not supposed to hear the curse. It's just like, like a, it's just a little bleep. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. That's <laughs> literally, that's all it was. It was like, you just press the button and it just makes a little bleep sound. Um, but somehow it like it blew up overnight uh, that I got some cool connections off of it. Somehow the paper found out. And when I was like 13, uh, I, I got like five requests to go pitch people in their boardrooms for like ideas for how how these companies could monetize with an app. <laughs> That's uh, so funny that you were 13. And <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I would show up with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and at the the biggest pitch that I had, uh, I was I was grounded 
and I was like taking all of my all of my notes on my little iPod Touch. And uh, so my mom had changed the password to my iPod Touch because I was grounded. Mom, I um, need the notes. And I had to like keep <laughs> passing my phone to her to like unlock my like iPod Touch <laughs> while I was in the boardroom. I was trying to do it super nonchalant, but like everybody could obviously tell that I was like getting my mom to open my iPod for me. You were also 13, so I don't yeah. think that really phased them too much there, guy. Yeah, so well, obviously... Probably- they were probably like, this kid can't even open his iPod Touch, and he like built his ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like, I still have nightmares about that meeting. Um, but anyway, yeah, I got, I got super interested in in all of that stuff into the the whole world, a little app development, coming up with you know fun little fun little ideas and projects. I did a little bit more of it, and uh, I think I was really thrown back into that world when. Uh, me and Connor had a conversation like junior year about working on a little app project. It was senior year. Was it senior year? I think it was senior year. I think it was. Yeah, it was senior year. Doesn't matter, but I think it's senior. You got to get your story straight, dog. (laughs) Yeah. That's when I was over there living on Clark, but um, yeah, I, we were Connor. Somebody reached out to him and wanted to talk about building an app. So uh, I don't know. He, he, I don't know. How did you hear that I had made apps when I was uh, when I was a kid? Uh, well, <laughs> your and I's relationship for the longest time leading up to senior year was kind of the classic college relationship. You know, you see each other when you're hanging out with buddies, you know, going out and stuff. And I think I don't know how I heard about what you did or why you did it or anything, but it was uh, it was a long shot. You know, I was told by, you know, some some people who would not be named like, hey, stay away from that guy, Jay. He's no good. <laughs> that guy's bad yeah. news. That guy's, that guy's bad news. And, you know, I uh, I'm glad I didn't listen to them because you're a pretty, pretty swell chap. But no, we, we got into it. And I don't know how I guess if we can go to my little background now, I hated computers growing up kind of the exact opposite of where john angel was you know i always i was always telling myself you know i'm never gonna sit behind a computer and never gonna do all that i want to be outside you know and you're, you're a kid you don't know what that means um and getting into getting into college really did engineering because i didn't know what else to do and i figured i'll start with something that's hard and then if i don't like it i'll just work my way back um which is you know where that all started and then my kind of lunge into the entrepreneurial world was following an internship with a uh, large, you know, corporate company that absolutely terrified me. Um, you know, after that summer, after sophomore year, I kind of you know decided that that was not for me and I needed to do something. Um, stuck with my major. I was a little too far into it to, to change. So, you know, just started to teach myself how to, how to program on the side um, and, and coming out again, we met, I, I didn't meet, but talked to John Ainge senior year and don't know why, how, or what I was thinking, but figured I'd ask him if he, you know, would be interested in doing some. And, you know, we started out that first project and ended up panning out, but it, it set the stage for, for where we are now. And, um, you know, developing all these skills and eventually having met with, uh, with you, Natalie, and I guess even stepping back further, not really further, but I am the, the CTO of, of Rilla, um, you know, really whatever that means. I just, you know, write all the software and, and figure out what's what's going where, putting the puzzle together. Whoa, 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 There's not a... all the software. <laughs> well, there, bud. <laughs> Anyways, I'll take it from here. I'll take it from here. Um, no, yeah, so that was beautiful. Connor and Jay, a little good yeah. marriage story there. Um, 
But yeah, I Nick, mean, tell him how we signed over the company to you. <laughs> I'll tell. I'll tell that part. I'll tell that part. But uh, so I'm Nick Kane, uh, COO of Rella, and really I'm going to be working hand in hand with Connor to help manage the development side of things and make sure we got a, an efficient workflow when it comes to developing the product. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know why or where this came from, but really after college um, and coming into Collab, which Connor Jay and I started. I really like the organizational side of things. And I think that's, it falls under the role of COO. But again, as a, starting as an early company, you kind of take these names with a grain of salt because you're really doing everything. Oh, for um, sure. But anyways, I, I actually came to North Carolina state from California. So I did most of my growing up out there. Um, and I actually got my first corporate experience out there in high school. They did a internship program with a local uh, medical device company. And I mean, it was cool and all to be there and get paid pretty well as a kid. Um, but to Connor's point, I was I was not enjoying the cubicle life, and I understood what it meant to be in that position early on, and it really kind of changed my mindset going into college. So um, I went into college. I met I met these two guys. I know Jay and myself took an entrepreneurship course at State, and that's kind of where the wheels started churning. Not really doing, uh, not really putting it at the forefront of my mind yet. But then fast forward to just before graduation, um, they these two guys come to me and apparently that first app product they had, they thought it was just going to take off and they were going to go jump on this other team. So they signed <laughs> 75% of collab over to me um, and I didn't say shit until uh, they brought it back up. But now uh, now we got that operations agreement all squared like, away. Hey, Nick, um, we that were was like, a Nick, mistake. We're about Please to make a back. billion dollars. <laughs> Oh, oh, me and me and Connor were so hyped up on this, like this project. It was like the first little collab project. And we were like, we're going to make a million dollars. We're starting an investment round. We need to bring in a pro. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Well, that's a nice story about how you guys all met and how, I mean, I think it's interesting hearing your backgrounds and how different they are and then kind of leading you to the same place, which is cool. So now a lot of people are wondering also how we all met. So I can also answer this. Um, we met because I actually was, I had the idea for Rella in before it was named Rella uh, for a social media planner. And I didn't know how to develop an app at all. I'm not technical. I don't know how to code. I don't know how to develop. So I had asked my friend Tochi, shout out to Tochi, um, if he knows anyone who can develop this for me. Because I figured, I was like, I went to NC State. I have to know people that know how to code. Like, that's just, it's such a technical school. So he actually then introduced me to Connor because Connor had collab already. And then uh, we took a call. You were on vacation and it was like 9 p.m. or something. I remember it was really yeah. late. Yeah, it was. I was out in Colorado for my sister's wedding and just got this random text from this, this random, random girl named Natalie um, saying, you know, introduced by my buddy Tochi. Um, and, the, you know, the rest is, is history. It started out. I mean, it was kind of a long developing relationship as well. I mean, that was back mm-hmm. in August, September of 2020. Yeah, it was like September. August or September. And then. I had talked to other people, other developers and other anyone else that maybe could design but not develop, you know, like I was just like trying to kind of see my options and see like the pricing and, you know, who who I trust. Because also when you're doing something like this, like 
they can't just be good. They also, you have to trust them and you have to like, they have to see your vision. And I just didn't feel that way with anyone. So that's when I was like, I like Connor. I like the team that he has. So I trusted collab to do it. And yeah, now we're here. Um, so that's how we all met because I was introduced first to him. And then he was working with Nick and JA. It's honestly, it's like, sounds like a like marriage story. Like, <laughs> like the way people describe it it's like oh so we were introduced like right fit so much more like an online dating story I mean I think we didn't meet in person until like what six months after we met yeah so it was really this long you know long distance relationship trial period just trying to like feel everything out making sure you know you weren't trying to do anything crazy we weren't trying to do anything crazy so it was uh yeah it was it was awesome Yeah, it definitely took a few months before um, we decided to partner together. And yeah, now here we are doing this podcast. So it went really well. Nick and JA, what did you, how would you say we met? Through the master networker. Yeah, I I think uh, the beginnings of the conversations were really mainly between Natalie and Connor, which was fine because we were doing a lot of the design at that point. We had other projects keeping us busy. And then, um, I mean, throughout the process, we were just kind of saying, dude, this idea is really cool. Uh, kind of like we were had a few conversations and we knew that you're awesome to work with and we've had bad experiences in the past. So it's like, this is a nice and refreshing. And then we kind of just furthered that conversation and it really worked out, I think in a, in the healthiest way possible because it wasn't rushed. It took its time and then it's developed into this more of a of a, uh, I was gonna say stable relationship, but I don't want to keep going back to the marriage. <laughs> I like, the I like marriage healthy. <laughs> healthy is a great. Healthy is a great description. It really is. Yeah, it but sounds anyways, like that's... it's like you had like toxic exes in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. Yeah, I mean that's for sure a good way to explain it. Um, but I mean a little backstory for collab. I mean, we we always wanted to find the project that we were like really excited about and really wanted to be a part of because I mean consulting is cool, we enjoy it, we get to meet a lot of cool people, but it's not cool. Yeah, it was it's 50-50 cool, not cool. <laughs> um, but you know, just just meeting another kind of young person interested in doing their own thing is just absolutely exhilarating. I feel like I, I don't have that many friends kind of my age from school who are out kind of actively trying to do your own thing. So it was like refreshing when you came to us and you were really interested in, in starting this guy up. And like these guys said, yeah, we, we had tried to find that kind of relationship before and it just, you know, our, our, I guess we never really aligned with those, with those dangerous exes, uh, <laughs> those mean people. Um, so yeah, it, it just ended up working out. It was, it was organic. So you guys all started collab right out of college or actually in college. And so I'm curious about how you guys found like your first clients, just because I think it's a lot of people that are listening to this podcast. A lot of them are very entrepreneurial. Maybe they have their own agencies. They might want to have also their own software company. So I'm always curious about like the networking and like how you got those first clients, because it's so hard when you don't have experience to kind of start from scratch and just be like, Hey, trust me, I can do this for you. So what was your experience like with that, like building your first app or, you know, getting the first people to trust you and work with you? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely the the biggest challenge we faced was the the trust aspect of it. But then obviously getting to learn, I mean, it all started with personal connections, right? Our, our first one was from, I worked at a gym uh, throughout college and 
by happenstance, one day, one of the guys was just walking by talking about how he was looking to develop some software and it's like, Hey, you know, I, I do that. Uh, and then that kind of started that. And we, we, the, the conversations progressed. Um, that one didn't end up working out, but it was really just those early personal relationships of people who maybe had these ideas or wanted to do something, but didn't really know um, what it was or how to go about it. Kind of similar to, to your situation, but in terms of the the trust aspect, it was really selling ourselves more than you know our our years of experience. You know, when you're 21 years old, you can't have 25 years of experience. So it was, you know, developing relationships with these these people first, and then uh, kind of dissecting their their needs, their problems after. Um, it's something we've we've I think gotten a lot better at is is selling ourselves and we are trustworthy people. I like to think, but, it, you know, meeting somebody for the first time, you need to to portray that as best you can. And, you know, being younger, that can sometimes work against us, but we've, I think we've found a good way to, to actually have that work in our favor. Yeah. That was definitely the biggest challenge is, okay, you know, we're, we're fresh out of college, uh, limited portfolio, you know, how do we, how do we really sell ourselves and like capitalize on top of our age and like, you know, kind of the whole young and hungry thing and instead of it being kind of a detriment. Um, Cause yeah, everybody, everybody wants experience. Everybody wants a huge portfolio, but mm-hmm. um, you know, coming right out, reached out to a lot of our own network of people that already trusted us, already knew us. Um, and, you know, I, I think our second project ended up being somebody that I had, I had worked on like a little app project with in like middle school or high school. And they reached back out to see if like, I still wanted to work on it. I was like, Hey, this is what we're doing now. Uh, you know, like let's, let's make it a collab project. Um, so yeah, reaching back out to kind of the existed trusting network and really trying to really trying to find people like Connor said that, that trust and, and want to work with you. Yeah. And I mean, um, starting off too, just by the word of mouth stuff is tough. And which is why we reached out to more mentors too, to help us with that client acquisition strategies and being better at selling ourselves and selling our story. So, I mean, in the beginning, you just kind of have to ask around um, and maybe do the, do the uncomfortable part of reaching out and networking. Right. But um, uh, in the end, we were really trying to drive home a process to kind of to clean that up really and make mm-hmm. it more efficient. And I think with like a startup, even with Rella, for example, a lot of that is also true. Like we don't have, we haven't started, you know, a huge startup in the past that's been successful and, you know, anything like that. But I feel like we're selling ourselves. We're selling the team. We're selling, you know, we're hoping that people believe in us, that we're the right fit to do this and to bring this to market. So I think it's a, it's a, there's a lot of similarities between getting your first client and then like pitching to investors. You know, it's, it's obviously the stakes are different, but it's the similar mindset of like, you really do have to pitch yourself and like have them trust you first. Yeah. I say so. Yeah. And for sure. Yeah. And it's like, why is this team the right team to be able to, you know, fit into this project? Why is it, why is it perfect? So you're exactly right. Yeah. Who was it it that said that like, it's since it's like a, the business is itself is a piece of paper, but like the entity is more of like the people. So it's really selling yourself and the people and, and your team that is why it's so important to do that i feel like a ton of people say that i, I, like I, every, I, that I think you just made that up <laughs> I, 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 you're talking nonsense right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think every like every mentor i've ever had that goes out and you know does like some sort of an investment round is always just start with selling the team and why the team is perfect 
Mm-hmm. I've got one point to add to that. And that's only the fact that it's, it's like finding a relationship, right? Whenever you're looking really hard to find one, you're probably not going to find it. There are exceptions, but as soon as you stop looking and you kind of just let it happen, things generally will come. And that's one thing we've learned is to, you know, look, not even look, but just be ready for connections anywhere. We were out on a a ski trip, for example, um, a, a ski trip, it was Eastern North Carolina or not what Eastern North, Western North Carolina. And, you know, at the, the top of the mountain in the ski lodge, grabbing a cup of coffee, we ended up, you know, chatting with somebody who uh, wanted some, wanted some work done. So, I mean, that was just kind of a cool time where it was, you know, we weren't expecting it. We were skiing and, you know, here's this person that now we're connected with. So that was awesome. Yeah. How do you guys, like, what are some of your networking tips? Because you guys are really good at it. And like you, Jay, you say that you have uh-huh. mentors and <laughs> Connor, you talk to anyone, I feel like, like, what are some <laughs> like, tips that it's... you have to like network and meet these people and form these relationships? Cause it's a different relationship than like being friends, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah you're being friendly, but at the end of it, like you're getting something, you know, you're, you're, you know, getting something out of it. And so how do you form these relationships? What are some of your tips to network and like to put yourself out there? So my, the big, the thing I hate the most personally with say somebody I'm trying to network is somebody who off the cuff tries to sell themselves. Yeah. Um, to me, that's, that's a huge, huge kind of turnoff where a lot of the connections I've made, I mean, the first ones again, started out as friends and word of mouth, but really the, the whole givers gain thing where, you know, the more you give to others and just have genuine conversations, not pushing to get anything out, not selling yourself like, Hey, you know, this is what we do. If you need anything, um, let us know. It's really just having a conversation, not, not even going into it, expecting anything to come out of it. Um, back to the whole, you know, when you're looking for things that you're not going to find them, but as soon as you stop looking, you'll probably find them kind of the same thing. I think with, with networking is, if you just let it be organic, similar to our relationship. I mean, from day one, we weren't, you know, hey, let's work together for a long time. It was okay. You know, let's let this develop over time um, and and go that route. So I would definitely say, be, just be genuine, really. Don't sell anybody off the bat. Nobody likes, you know, a, a yeah. cold call salesman first meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I feel like that's pretty relatively easy to see right through if you're like diving in trying to like trying to force something out of a conversation that's just not natural yeah. and it's so it's so easy to just have a you know a nice convert like nice friendly conversation with somebody mm-hmm. um and like along that at some point you can figure out all right you know things align here like maybe i can go a little bit deeper into like yeah. like what collab does or whatever somebody else that we're talking to what they do if we could work together um but just i mean yeah having a nice friendly conversation is always always the way to go and you know when you when you reach out to somebody asking for advice every everybody loves you know most people love to kind of offer their, their help and their experience. Um, It's, it's refreshing sometimes. Um, And I love it when people ask me for advice. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're only doing this for what, like a year and a half now, but it feels so good to be able to give somebody like my experience, things that I've done wrong, you know, things that we've done super well. Um, so everybody, everybody loves when you're just asking, asking for help. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are afraid of not knowing what to say. I think is a lot of the times where people, you know, I don't want to go start that conversation because after the, like my opening line, I don't know where it's going to go. And I think yeah. that's another, another huge 
just at least stopping people from even starting the conversation is okay. After I started, I have this predetermined line. I'm going to use like a pickup line. I mean, yeah. kind of, but, and getting past that and realizing that, you know, awkwardness is really just in your head. It's not really a real thing. Uh, and being able to look past that and just again, have it be, have it be organic is super valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all such good advice. Cause I, again, I think people just get too much in their head about it. It's like, Oh, I don't know what to say, or I don't know what they're going to yeah. say back. So I'm just not going to, or people feel annoying. People are like, Oh, I feel so annoying reaching out. But if you go into it with just genuine, like just asking about them, having a normal conversation, you don't have to be a salesperson. Yeah. I think it's so much better. Cause I, I actually did a podcast with someone else who she was saying how she will always, you know, just ask someone to like grab coffee or ask to meet and let them talk the whole time. You know, she doesn't yeah. want to be like selling herself. She's just like, just ask about them, ask about what they do, ask about, ask advice. And then in your follow-up in like the second, in if you follow up with them, like through email, or if you meet with them again, that's when you can kind of, share more about yourself and maybe like what you're, you know, kind of network in that way. But it's just like building that relationship first is more important than being like, Hey, yeah. I'm Natalie. And this is what I do. You know, it's like, like you yeah. just have to be a normal person and like talk to them and get to know them. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities between personal first dates and professional first dates. Mm-hmm. There is, there really is. There's, I mean, people say like business partners are like, it's like a marriage. Like people always say that it's like, you might even see them more than you see like your significant other. So yeah, I think it's, it's true. Yeah. Nick and I live together, but we don't sleep in the same room. Like we, we, <laughs> we hate each other. So we stopped sleeping in the same room a while ago and now we're, uh, we got our separate room. Yeah. That gets a little tough, but yeah, I mean like I'm not the best at small talk, but the one thing that Natalie, you said that I always do is I just fall back on asking them questions. Like if anything, people always love to talk about themselves, not necessarily in a selfish way, but just keep asking questions and it'll just flow nicely. So if I'm ever running out of anything, I just try to find something that they've said that I just ask a question off that. And it just makes it a little more organic if you're not the best at the small talk. Yeah, which is what we're trying to do also. I mean, it's what I do with this podcast, which has brought me a lot of opportunities and I've met so many cool people. But with Rella, the podcast we're creating, I think that's going to be so valuable to just meet people in the social media space and ask them questions and tell them about that, you know, just constantly like just get to know them. And then um, that's how we'll like form those relationships. So I'm excited to start that. And speaking of that, I also had a question about what you guys found most surprising or what you guys found surprising about the social media world that you might not have known before this year, because you guys weren't really in social media as much as I was. I think that's safe to say. So, say um, So what's something surprising you found out about the social media industry that you didn't know before this year? I didn't know there were cool influencers. Really? You thought all were bad? All were bad? <laughs> you painted I mean, us all in one light <laughs> i think influencers fall at least especially now under and i was listening to i think another podcast the other day of how influencers are now becoming more celebrities than ever before and people put celebrities on a different playing ground or playing field rather than you know we'll call them normal people so i think that again to jay's point is one of those you know where you think about influencers maybe being one way or or, or not being real people but i think having worked with you has been uh uh you know stopping that that influence and you know my big thing is just how infinite it is it's massive just how many people i mean what we've talked of how many when you think when i think influencer i think of 
you know, massive, massive channels, right? Uh, right. But you, you forget, and, you know, a lot of the other companies out there, which is the big driving force behind Rella, is you forget about the millions of people who, you know, have a, we'll call them, you know, a brick and mortar podcast that are, they're smaller, they have a, you know, a good following, but 10,000 is, is, you know, nothing compared to 10 million, but they still have an audience. So I think, you know, right. finding that has been really cool. Yeah. And the one thing that I've noticed a lot when working with you is like how much, like how much actually goes into it, you know, you're, you're working long hours alongside us. And it's, it's cool to see that the, the behind the scenes magic of what goes into to all these different things and how far out your, like your content calendar was and just all those cool little intricacies that you really don't see obviously at face value when you're just scrolling through your phone. So um, it's been really cool and eye opening to see, uh, how much work you put into it and really what it takes to be an influencer. Yeah, no, I, I think it's always interesting hearing what other people think about it. And then when you're into it, kind of seeing how those thoughts change, because it's true, like with influencers, another thing that I think is cool is that people think it's like, like you were saying, like, they're not like real people or they're, you know, kind of a celebrity status, but it might be because you are thinking of people that have like 10 million followers, which at that point, I feel like you kind of are celebrity status, but there's so many micro ones in that can start, like anyone can start, you know, it's like, I always think of it as like an actress or a singer, like someone has to give you a chance, a record label, you know, management company has to give you a chance, but with being an influencer and being on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, like you're the one in control. Like you post, you produce, you direct, no one has to give you a chance. It's just like, you might go viral. People might find you. So I think that's the difference also is that anyone can do it. So it's very easy to get into. It's just a lot more work than people might think, but it's not like you have to audition to become an influencer. Now, you know, and from your perspective, is there a difference in, in the influencer industry between, because a lot of people say, you know, I was super lucky. I went viral. You know, I posted this video of me drinking cranberry juice on a skateboard, listening to Fleetwood Mac, right? Is, right. Do you see, or do you think there's a difference between dumb luck and informed luck in the influencer space? Do you think Definitely. there's people who actually are like, you know, I'm going to make this video due to these trends that are currently happening. And then, you know, that's going to drive traffic or is it just like, Hey, you know, I want cranberry juice. Yeah. I think like, for example, that one was like, I think it's, I mean, I don't know if it's dumb luck or just pure luck, I guess. I don't know. However you want to describe yeah, it, but like a bad, a bad connotation. Yeah. <laughs> just, just un, unknowing luck. We'll yeah. Say. I think that it it's cool, but it's also one of those things where you might not know where to take it from there. You know, you might be like, oh, this was just a fun video I was supposed to share. Like, I don't know what to do now. You know, so to keep bringing cranberry juice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think it can, it has its disadvantages because then it's like, well, where do I go from here? And like, are the people that are following me only following me for this one video? And so now like, if I want to do something else, would they still like me? So I think that's, it. that's like the disadvantage to that when you're not as prepared and you don't even know if you want to be like go viral or whatever. So I think that's one thing. But then another thing is with people, some people are like, oh my God, she blew up overnight or this person blew up overnight or their video went viral. But what you don't see is the years and years and years that they were trying that maybe didn't go anywhere. And then this one happened to go viral. So it's like, it's not, I don't know if it's luck or just like they finally kind of got it or they finally, you know, had the one video that did really well. Because for me, I would say I grew slower than most people, I guess. I mean, I don't know if most, I guess. Yeah. Slower than the ones I see that I compare myself to, I guess. But it's one of those things that's like, I, like now, yeah, I would say I'm, I've, successful of like doing this you know full time and like I've had videos that have done really well but I also didn't 
do this for money for like five years. You know, I literally did this unpaid for like five whole years and like didn't get a single dollar. So it's like, it's, it's not all overnight, you know, it's not like, oh, well now you're making a lot of money or now you're getting a lot of views because people don't see like all the years and years of work that are, that came before it. So I do think it's, it's one of those things where it's similar to even like, okay, like Lizzo, for example, I saw a tweet that she tweeted. She was, it was like, oh, Lizzo did overnight success and like won this many Grammys. And she's like, I've literally been trying to be a singer for like five years and I've been working my ass off to do this. It's just like, now you see it because I'm famous, but like I was trying for five years. So I think overnight success is never as overnight as you might think it is, except when the people, I guess, like the skateboard guy, he just like went randomly viral. But like, I don't know what he's doing now. Like, is he, is he an influencer now? Is he, I don't know. He, like, he, yeah. he sat down with Snoop Dogg at one point too, or some other famous people like that, just drinking some oh. cranberry juice with them or something <laughs> weird like that. I know that was a follow-up. Yeah. I mean, but- I think it's cool how it could happen. And do you think that like the for me, for example, you know, a non social media influencer type, I think it's almost a detriment, not a detriment, but it's harder thinking, you know, people who go viral post one video and now they're they're viral. There is that that learning curve in that time where you're not making money that I think a lot of people, you know, try and look past. So if they try and get into the YouTube space and make it six months and haven't been successful and haven't been able to, you know, build a successful following, then like, oh, screw it. You know, if I can't do it in six months, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, like you said, in your case, it took five years. And that was back really when YouTube wasn't at what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause remember you're so old. Uh, yeah. You've been doing it for <laughs> so long. Um, <laughs> But no, yeah, and that's why I think, you know, something like what we're working on is going to be extremely beneficial to, if anything, just shed light on the work that goes into, you know, the space and, and give people, as you mentioned, the, the proper tools to, to keep them motivated, to keep driving, keep going, um, all that stuff. Yeah, like I would love to have micro influencers on the podcast as well as bigger ones, as well as people that work in social media on the back end, you know, like, I think that that would be really cool kind of hearing their experience with things because the world sees it as just, you're an influencer if you have millions and millions of followers, or if, you know, if you're super famous, but there's so many other people that might not get the like media attention that still have so much influence. And I mean, if you think about it, like 10,000 subscribers is not a lot in the sense of you're not considered a huge influencer with 10,000 subscribers. There's people with hundreds of thousands and millions and all that. But if you saw 10,000 people in a room, that's wild. You know, that's so many people. Like, if I had 10,000 people that cared about me enough to subscribe to my channel, I would be stoked. I can't even get my dog to listen to me, let alone 10,000 people. (laughs) Exactly. It's one of those things, like, even like 500 people, like, people are like, oh, I only have 500 subscribers. And yeah, like, in the grand scheme of things, not that much in the sense of, you know, how much you can get paid or how like the rankings i guess of like Mm -hmm. how big you are as an influencer but like 500 people like that's still a lot of people and that can still make such a big difference and uh like if you can influence 500 people you know so especially if you like a small business like if you got Mm -hmm. 500 people to buy something from a small local business that business would sell out like it's so Mm -hmm. it's it's really powerful even even at a small level the perspective has shifted for Mm -hmm. sure of, you know, bigger is better. If you don't have 10 million, you might as well have none. If you're not right. first, you're last, as, uh, yeah. as some would say. No, but the thing I like about um, kind of what we're getting exposed to from you, Natalie, and just what we're really learning about is all the smaller communities that make up the majority of this space. And that's really where you see the most impact, right? Is where you have these smaller followings. And um, I know that's something we're trying to do with 
Rel is just create a community around it and just people who are interested in, in learning about the space or like just need help in it. I think that stuff is really cool to see uh, on the other side rather than just seem like those big, those big uh, million dollar influence, million follower influencers and things like that. So probably with yeah. millions of dollars too. It's like the, the pyramid or not the pyramid, the iceberg um, graphic. Have you seen yeah. that? It's like yeah. the tip of the iceberg. It's like those big influencers, but everything under like underwater and in, like that you don't see is everyone else. And they're yeah. super, super important. So I think it's really cool what we're doing and I'm super excited. And I think that if anyone's listening that is interested in social media or interested in the social media landscape or just curious about it, our podcast is going to be such a valuable resource and like such a valuable source for you to learn more about it and hear from the people themselves, not just from us. You know, we'll be asking other people questions. And I think it's cool having your guys' experience because you guys aren't necessarily that into the industry. Like you guys were never in the social media you can industry. say it we don't know shit or we're <laughs> yeah. you, you don't have to beat around the bush we my last instagram we post was last thanksgiving incredible amount <laughs> okay well now you guys are in the social media industry but prior to this you were not and i think it's just cool that you guys will be able to like ask questions and you know get that perspective because i might think things are obvious or I, I might be like oh everyone knows this but that's not exactly the case so it'll be really, really interesting. And especially because since we are a startup, we have been, you know, talking to investors and talking to older people. And a lot of older people might not be as informed in social media. You know, it's like, I think, oh, everyone knows what this is. And like, it's such a big industry. I mean, it's literally going to be a $15 billion industry by the end of the year, which is wild. And some people still don't know what it is, you know, because Mm -hmm. you think like, oh, well, like my mom has a Facebook or my grandma has an Instagram. So like, it's, how can it be like this big thing but like it really has an instagram i mean not mine but you have a cool ass grandma (laughs) maybe someone's grandma has an instagram so (laughs) i should say grandma has a facebook mom has an instagram that might be more apply to more people well let's get some more to all the grandmas out there let's get you on instagram we'll get you uh, build your following (laughs) there are some grandma influencers heck yeah they're hip yeah yeah but they got some good baking recipes (laughs) that's yeah that's that's a good a stereotype um, yeah that's a stereotype like nick, nick that's bad nick. <laughs> i'll just go ahead and cancel myself right now so uh... <laughs> so would you guys go back and change anything in the past so would you change you know your major your college going to college or not like is there anything that you guys regret i have a lot of regrets but especially... <laughs> <laughs> most people most people when it comes to this answer is like nope i wouldn't change a thing <laughs> I'm just being, I'm trying to be real for people right now. I'm exposing <laughs> myself. Um, but I mean, obviously there's there's things in your life that you wish you could have a deal over, but in, in all reality, I love where I'm at right now. And if I if that means if I had to change something to, and I wouldn't be in the same spot, I don't think I would. If that is a better answer to the question. Um one you because more weight, though. huh? You could lift more weight though. Oh uh, yeah, whatever. Um <laughs> You threw me off my groove, dude. I was on the train of thought and you just totally derailed it. Yeah. I mean, so long story short, I think I wouldn't like, I wouldn't change where I'm at. Um, I like where I've ended up and with the, with Jay and Connor and now you just working with you guys has been awesome. And it's really been uh, a fun experience. And I don't think that me sitting in an office making 80 to hundred K would uh, make me more happy. It definitely just doing what I'm doing right now and pursuing this passion. So yeah. If my life were to be written down on a piece of paper, 
and you didn't know me, you'd be like, wow, this guy is an idiot. Like I want, I wonder what he's doing now. Like he's probably, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to make, like make fun of any professions, but he's probably doing something bad, but all of those, you know, experiences and, you know, and I'm like, go the cliche route here. I don't think I have any regrets because the stupid shit I've done in the past has, you know, brought us here. And I'm a, I don't, I'm a firm believer in everything happening for a reason. So, and you know, I'm, I'm one of those people where I learn from my mistakes. If I make a mistake, I'll make it once. And if I make it twice, then something's wrong, but I don't have any regrets. I love, I love where I'm at and I, you know, meeting these guys and, and you, Natalie, I think, uh, you know, it's all, all happen to, to get us here. Uh, but as soon as you meet me, those, those worries of, of what, what the hell is this kid doing um, can be put to rest. Uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> what about you, Natalie? You got any, <clears throat> any regrets? Uh, no, I don't, I don't really have any. I mean, there's some things that like, sure, looking back, I'm like, oh, why did I do that? But I don't have anything I would change. A lot of people ask, especially because I don't use my major, they're like, oh, don't you wish that you could like go back and get a different major? And I'm like, I think people just put too much emphasis on that. Like, it doesn't matter. Like if I did something else, I don't know if that would have, you know, like, I don't think I would have been happier. Like, I don't regret that decision just because I'm not using it. I think it's such an old fashioned way of thinking that Mm -hmm. you have to use whatever you studied. Like, I think there's there's so much more that can be like taken out of what you study, like rather than just like your occupation. And also- your job, I just think, doesn't necessarily define you. Like, I think if you, like Nick, you said, like if you were making 80 or 100K, you wouldn't be any happier because I think you're happy doing what you're doing. And that's more important than, oh, working up the corporate ladder and getting an amazing job, but you're miserable, which I see so many people doing. So I think that it's it's one of those things where I don't, again, a cliche answer, but I don't really have any major regrets that I could say. Yeah, that's- I was going to say, I could still be crying in like a, a nice porch or something later in life but right now i'm just gonna stick with stick with my paycheck right now exactly Lock thereof well where can they find you guys ja had to leave um so he's not here right now but where can they find all of you three yeah absolutely quick quick collab shout out you guys want to check us out for any of your app either mobile or web development needs um, check us out at www.collabcreative.co based out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, questions, concerns, you have an idea, don't know what to do with it, or, you know, you've, you've started the process of bringing a product to market, let us know. And we, uh, we love helping out as, as we said earlier, you know, like-minded individuals who are looking to, to grow and, uh, you know, expand their digital capabilities. Yep. And then I don't think you guys don't have like a, I'm not going to plug Instagram or anything I you yeah, guys are no, private. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My OnlyFans. Your OnlyFans. Only yeah. <laughs> it's actually collabed OnlyFans. It's all three of us. This is why we need an HR rep ASAP. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for coming on my podcast. Um, I'll have everything in the show notes that we talked about. And then be sure to check out Rella's new podcast. It's gonna be uploading every single Wednesday. So if you guys want to subscribe to that, that's gonna have all of your social media tips. We're gonna be in we're gonna be interviewing influencers, social media managers, anyone that works in social media, micro influencers, bigger ones, and we're gonna give you very tangible tips and like very specific questions 
um, so that if you are serious about social, learning more about it, curious about it, then that's going to be the best resource for you guys. And then you guys can update or you guys can stay updated with Rella at Rella Social and then also sign up if you're an influencer or if you are a brand that is wanting to be one of the first people on the platform, you guys can sign up for the beta version on our website and we'll update you when that releases. So thanks for coming on, guys. Awesome. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast with Connor, Nick, and J.A. I hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed recording it. We actually had some technical difficulties, so it was like the third time recording it. (laughs) Or third time recording the intro, I should say. Um, But it was really fun to record. And again, if you guys are influencers, if you guys are brands, if you do not mind filling out the survey and also signing up for the waitlist, which I will have all in the show notes, that would mean so much to us. We are trying to raise money right now. So just having a list of people that have filled out a survey and are on the waitlist helps. Um, But of course, sign up only if you are interested in Rella and if that's something that you are excited to download once it comes out on the App Store. Anyways, thank you again for listening. Uh, Be sure to screenshot this, post it on your story, give it five stars, all the good stuff. And I will see you guys next week on another episode of The Real Real Podcast. And also next week, if you guys are curious or interested um, in the Rella podcast. So I'll see you there. My name is Lovan Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.